Mujewale, Mujewale, Mujewale. My name is Bani Kuruka. Welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Welcome once again on the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. And as I promised you that we're going to start doing these videos with uh, the guests, like recording a, 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 the video, having a guest in here. And I'm so happy to bring back one of my long lost friends. <laughs> I don't think I was a long lost friend, but like bring him back. Uh, we've had an episode together and you weren't able to see his face, but we did an episode together about uh, friends in our lives and how friends can benefit us in our lives. And uh, let's welcome Robert Machuki again on the show. Machungaji. Mchungaji, what's oh, up, yeah. Mchungaji? <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? How is life? Man, life, I take it one day at a time. Yeah. I can save at the moment. Sisi, nataka kuongea hii episode kwa lugha ya kiswahili. Unajua kiswahili? Well, if you're down for it, you can do it, I mean. No, nataongea kwa kiswahili, unataongea kwa kinyeleza. So, wei ni mtumiji, mini mchungaji, sawa? Yeah. No, mini muawemu. Let's do it. Okay, you are a teacher. Let's do it then. <laughs> no, you know, you know, uh, come on, come on. Okay, I'm going to be a translator. So you speak English. No, 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 you speak Swahili. I do English. <laughs> I'll try. Intajaribu kiasi. Najua kiswahili yangu iko na network. Sasa na lose network kiswahili inaenda. I'm going to send you as, um, a very strong signal so that you don't lose it. <laughs> Man, you made my Kisahili come back, but um, I like your flag, actually, uh, the U- Kenyan flag and the United States. Yeah, man, we have to be dual over here. Yeah, I need to add on my collection. Um, so, yeah, the last time I hosted you here, we had an episode that we did that was really good. I had good feedback from the people that, they were really they benefited from that um, episode and yeah because we did an episode and most people didn't know you most of the people were like asking who is who is robert who is robert who is that guy and uh, i just thought that today we can do an episode so that uh, when i host you back again because we have bigger plans to even co-host with you and um, record more episodes together but i yeah. wanted to do this episode so people can get to know you and i know some of our childhood life might be the same but people will get an opportunity to hear from you but before we go into that um how have you been how how is life down there coronavirus and everything yeah man we have been managing over here the thing is uh we can't run away from it Mm-hmm. out of life when it started it was a little bit um stressful some people maybe were depressed and you don't even know yeah because this thing of wearing masks and we are not used to it so you wake up every morning thinking about like i'm about to be in another life that i've never been before because mm-hmm. i work in a medical field but we don't use too much um ppe that much so it's just once in a while so to be using them in a daily basis, actually like where I work, we sometimes we wear from face shield, gown, bulge, everything. Even like maybe on the shoes, you have to wear the shoe covers. It feels like a different environment. Okay. We are limited in oxygen sometimes. 
yeah coronavirus has changed everything like even where i work uh we are mechanics we're not working in the medical field but like they make us wear masks every single time and sometimes when you're working on something and you're sweating and it's like yeah. hot it's not really comfortable but like that's those are some of the adjustments that we've all like had to go through and i don't think it's enjoyable to everybody but we pray that at one time coronavirus will go away and everybody will heal uh, to start off this uh episode i wanted to take you back your memories back to your childhood memories uh where were you born and where were you raised i was born in wakanda i don't know if you know the <laughs> so i was born in kisi kisi is in nyanza province back then you know and they changed they changed everything that is in kisi kisi county okay kisi county yeah. in in kenya kenya yeah you forgot to tell us the country where you you were born kisi so is that like uh how far is that from like eldoret oh the roads connecting kenya is not too good mm-hmm. because you have to go round round and i think from kisi to eldoret has to be maybe more than eight hours oh wow yeah yeah i don't think i don't think i've been um in that in that area of kisi but and um, you think hey listen you are from uganda so when you come to kenya you just come to go fish to go go and uh <laughs> so you don't go nowhere so you think you have traveled to kenya you just went to nairobi maybe and eldoret that's all actually i went to mombasa too Mazinga And yeah. like how was that life and how were the people in the village like where you grew up well live you know i feel like during my time it was a little crazy but we never used to see it as mm-hmm. now so for us it was just like a normal life but um we managed to grow there so what happened is um anytime you are in a travel with anybody else nobody spare if you are somebody's kid <laughs> they will deal with you instantly yeah then the rest will reach the parent and then when you <laughs> get home your mom or your dad is going to take care of you again so yeah. trouble <laughs> that's a same that's the same life i grew up in in uganda like it doesn't matter if he's your parent or if he's not they find you you're in trouble doing something wrong they'll beat you and then they'll go tell your parents say, yeah i beat your son he was doing and if your parent knows that then they'll beat you again someone like you i can see how many times you were beaten oh my gosh you don't even want to know countless countless at home uh, at school yes. just in the middle of nowhere somebody finds you and they just uh, beat you But like also <clears throat> I feel like the people in like our villages yeah. they were like nice you know like you don't have food they would yeah. hey you can come have lunch at our place you know things like that like you don't worry 
at one point, like in my childhood, when we didn't have food, I used to go to like my friends' houses and just eat, be there around, we'd have lunch at like one. So yeah. I'd be there like around 1240. <laughs> so like I feel like, I, I feel like um, with the food in the village, nobody ever really be greedy. Mm -hmm. or selfish yeah. feel like we used to share more like um, even if it's a little thing take a bite give the next person take a bite mm -hmm. yeah that's how we used to do the other thing too like when somebody harvests food they will send food to the neighbors like hey let me send some my indie to this neighbor let me send this kind of food this you know like share with other people you know yeah, but like it, well, that's different in the U.S. where somebody goes to Walmart, they buy food just for themselves, or they just put their refrigerator. And over here, if you don't have the money to go buy, that's it. <laughs> so uh, the other thing, like I'm gonna use some of my memories in Kenya because I know you are from Kenya, and like I'm, I, I spend most of my time in Uganda. But every time I used to go to Kenya, like I would learn something. But yeah, like I, I was saying. Um, so the nearest trading center, like in Kenya, it was like mm -hmm. uh, in, in my village, it was like in Wonifa. Wonifa was like five miles away, I think five or more from my grandma's place. So we would walk to go to the Duca to buy bread and things like that. Where was your nearest uh, trading center in where you grew up? Like how far did you have to, to travel? That one, I don't think I had a big problem with it because, um, you know, we used to have shopkeepers nearby yeah so it's about like even my mom can call me uh like you tell me to bring something else but like 500 feet or maybe mm -hmm. 1000 yeah that's the in uganda our shops were close like close by like i would run there like yeah two minutes and then come At back nighttime, you run, yeah but but in kenya my grandma's place we had to walk like it was further far away um like even go to watch like the soccer games like yeah. we would walk with Hillary to go watch Chelsea and Arsenal Champions League the nearest uh trading center would be like far away and you have to walk through the the bushes to get there yeah, actually for me I would say like uh yeah I used to play but uh I wasn't more watching like to go watch mm -hmm. the games I used to watch mostly is like maybe during the World Cup oh yeah, and I remember one time I think Portugal was playing with uh, Greece, and I wanted Greece to win. Mm -hmm. No, was it Greece to win or Portugal to win? Either one of the team. Yeah. And I was upset. I didn't eat that night. <laughs> yeah, soccer always made us that way. Some of my friends, when they see me, my reactions on Arsenal, like, Bonnie, that's too much. But, like, this came from a long time ago, like, watching these games and feeling like it's part of your life, which, I mean, it's not, they're right, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's uh, already part of my life. Now, you mentioned about playing soccer. Is that the main sport that you played when you were little or you had other games that you, you used to play? Well, that is one of the major. Actually, um, we used to do the hurdles, mm -hmm. like the high jump and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so we used to go and spend almost the whole day Know, like those small fields nearby the river mm -hmm. yeah the group of boys <laughs> and we I, we used to make it like real and i actually used to like uh, traveling, mm -hmm. oh, oh, yeah, yeah, traveling. That's, mm -hmm. that's another one 
did you ever go like uh skinny dimping in the pads like you know those uh there's a way they they make bricks i don't know if in kenya they make a lot of bricks like in uganda when they make bricks they have to dig in the in uh, like a big hole pull yeah. water and like as kids would go take our clothes off and jump like we're jumping in a swimming pool but it's just full of mud and dirty water <laughs> I never, I never did that. But the thing I used to do is, uh, you know, like we used to be nearby a river. It's a huge river. Mm-hmm. So when it rains, yeah. So when it rains, that is our happiness because you find like uh, the water be running on the, like maybe on the garden. Mm-hmm. Like it's wide. It spreads, like it breaks the river banks. Yeah. That's our happiness. We go and then because we know and actually, a lot of cows were swept away because it started raining and you didn't take your cows like near by the river. Mm-hmm. So when that water comes, it sweeps them away. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a river in the back of our house of my grandma in Kenya. We call it the Mutoni. That's how I knew the river is called Mutoni. And we would get water there, but like, sometimes we'd go and just swim in it. But it was cold as heck. It was cold, but we would go and like jump in it. Swimming, man, like on those rivers, we used to go there, and what we do is cut down the branches mm-hmm. and bring some stones, block the water so that you can fill up oh, yeah. like the depth whereby you can dive in and get to <laughs> the ground. Yeah, I don't even remember seeing a swimming pool when I was growing up. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what a swimming pool is, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are some of the things I mean. I mean, I would see it in movies, but uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of movies, what was your first movie, if you remember, that you watched when you were young? I, I wasn't a movie person, I guess. Yeah. Then. But now when I started knowing movies, when the Afro cinema was Afro cinema. Mm-hmm. The Nigerian movie, yeah. I watched a lot of Nigerian movies too, but I remember my first movie was First Blood uh, by John Rambo. No, for me, the first movie I can say I watched as a little kid, you know, these are like the life of Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those cinemas. (laughs) Yeah, I watched watched the life of Jesus. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. So that movie movie was on 24-7. And whenever my mom would bring kids at home, Mm -hmm. they would play the life of Jesus. (laughs) I had memorized, I think, almost all the words in that movie. Actually, like me, I knew like from the beginning, even the words I can speak like alongside the the actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know it's in Swahili. Yeah. But we used to have another one, like my local language too. Oh, they, now speaking of that, did you guys have where the translators, because I know it started in Uganda where they translate the movies into the local language, especially in our local theaters, you know? Like people, was, uh, the VJ, VJ, VJ Joker, like they would turn off the, the original sound and then they put on their own sound. And we have this one guy in Kenya. What is his name? Let me try to think about his name. Um, ooh. I, actually, even now I watch his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of, of those. It started, it started off like with like one in Uganda, but now there's a lot everybody's doing those movie translations but when i was growing up we're not allowed to go in those theaters because you know you don't know what kind of, the kind of movie they're going to show so if my parents saw me going in those theaters they would 
I would be in serious trouble. Yeah, so this guy is called DJ Afro. Mm -hmm. So this guy, he's, he can make any movie to be exciting. Yeah. So like now, maybe me and you acting a movie, and then you hear him talking about like, mocha kwa mocha, nitawapereka hadi Macau ya Europe, katika inji moja ya Poland. Wakati naona kijana boni kibuka, hana passport but ame manage kufika huko na sijui alifika huko aje tuendelee kazi <laughs> yeah that's the exact way those people in uganda like uh, do their movies but actually they make the movies more entertaining than they are but i mean it doesn't help people to learn english that's the worst thing i didn't like about it like yeah because it's a comedy actually yeah and which is is really awesome mm -hmm. yeah. now during your school time in kenya uh did you ever fight like getting into a fight with a, a friend yeah fight was a basic <laughs> especially in primary school yeah because like everyone wants to prove themselves like yo i'm a man i remember but sometimes i used to to be scared because i felt like i might hit somebody so hard and then i'll be in trouble but we used to have this one lady in class who used to fight boys and um, sometimes like nobody used to play with her mm -hmm. and she used to start fights though yeah she throw yeah she throw fist like a man maybe even better than a man I was like, for me i can count the number of time i've fought yeah i think i'm the same way i don't think i can count i mean i feel like i've been beaten but it wasn't like i was trying to start a fight but like somebody <laughs> somebody was just mad at me that they came and just punched me and by starting a fight maybe with my brother like we fought a lot with my my brother the only time i got feel like we used to fight is when you know we used to play soccer like in team we had to use like oh we used to have like teams like class teams mm -hmm. yeah so you go ahead and then when you are losing and maybe somebody played rough on you mm -hmm. you know the pain of losing the game and somebody played rough on you when you're maybe about to score maybe clip you from behind yeah and then you end up no scoring maybe it's time for the break to be over for you guys to go back to class and the next thing <laughs> fight comes in yeah yeah there's some students who would like keep their anger and they wait for you yeah say like school is done you're on your way going home and that's when they'll get you like <laughs> you made them mad like at 7 a.m and then they'll keep their anger till like five when you're going back home and they will find you and they just yeah. fight you there right there and then i remember one time you know i was i think i feel like i was the smallest in this like according to the um the grade that i was mm -hmm. the grade i was in the bath i was the smallest so like i didn't have that much chance to fight because everybody looked big and tall right yeah you know you you want to fight somebody but when you look you look like how tall they are <laughs> That's how I was like, I was so skinny mm -hmm. that I, I felt like I don't have the energy to fight anybody. I think that's what kept me out of fighting because I thought I'm going to lose any fight. But there are some kids who would initiate the fight. Like even when you, you don't want to fight, they'll be like, you can't beat me. You can beat me. I can beat you. I can beat you. And like, you feel like you want to keep your pride. Like, no, you can't beat me. You, I can beat you. You want to go right wow. now? Like even, <laughs> even when you didn't make them mad, they'll be like, they want to beat you though. Yeah. Actually, 
No, that thing used to be a little bit scary too, because you know, when somebody tries to intimidate you like that, you feel like it sends some fear in you. At mm -hmm. the same time, you feel like you don't want to be littled. And so yeah. like that step up and get into this fight or just let mm -hmm. it slide by. Yeah, especially so, especially when girls were around, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> when girls are around, this guy comes like I can beat you. I can, you can't even do anything. So you want to show like, oh, you, you can do something to prove like show the girls show. So you want to keep your pride and but yeah, that was always the worst time. Like somebody finds you in the worst time to try to, to get a fight. I never used to fight that much though. <laughs> so I can tell. Yeah. Uh, in your some of the people I went to school with kids that would never wear shoes at school. Is shoes something that like I don't know how your experience was with your high school, but we had kids that would walk to school and they don't have they 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 wouldn't wear shoes. And the other funny thing in my high school, they told us we can't wear a shoe that's more expensive than our teacher. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Uganda, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that was high school. That was not even primary. That was high school. You can't wear a shoe that's more expensive than your teacher. You Wait can't... a minute. You said that's not, like, that's high school, not primary, right? Yeah, that was high school. So what was, what was happening in primary? In primary, I mean, I don't think any kid would have a shoe that's better than... And if they were there, I don't know, but I, I just didn't think of. But in high school, you can find kids that have been working, and that's yeah. when your pride starts building up. You want the expensive shoes. So in primary, it wasn't a big deal, you know? Because mm -hmm. especially we had like small feet, like, you know, but in high school, you can find kids that wear the same size as their teachers. Yeah. No, so, like, for me, it's only primary school. If you have, you wear. Mm -hmm. If you don't, man. You change the rooster. In our school too, they 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 didn't allow us to drive cars to school because some of our teachers didn't have cars. So when you bring a car to school, it's like putting the teachers down. So you would get in trouble for that. They were protecting their teachers for anything. And I got in trouble for I drove my mom's car to school. I got expelled for that. <laughs> yeah, the headmaster saw the car in the parking lot. Uh, the headmaster had that little pickup. I don't know if you have them in Kenya, like uh they're really tiny pickups it's like you can pick it up with your uh <laughs> pinky finger <laughs> so he had that and yeah. then i i drove my mom's uh car it wasn't that big too it was just like a, a room i don't know if you know what a room is it's just those tiny cars too yeah but i drove it to school and the master saw it it was like whose car is that and he told the security guys to lock the, the gate so that car doesn't go out and he kicked me out of the school and he made me leave the car in the parking oh, lot. And the whole school was had gathered around to see what, what is going on. That, that's where you see the dictatorship now is after school. So mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't agree with limiting students with what they can do and what they can't do. But I understand their point of view, where they're coming from, mm -hmm. but it's not the students problem if he can wear a shoe that's more expensive than the teacher actually in, in high school the most because uh, you know i went to the school yeah but i used to go home oh, sorry used to go to school in the morning and come back in the evening so most not everybody some some guys 
this like the the most they can do is come with the the bicycle. Yeah, we had a few students that brought the bicycle too, and teachers. There's some teachers that. Yeah, actually, in primary school, most of the teachers that's what they used to ride. Yeah, maybe they find out like man, they used to be crazy. You find like um yeah um you have decorated yours better than theirs. They simply <laughs> jealous. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Because like there's some guys used to have like the you know I think you know the the dynamo right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know the dynamo. The one that helps the uh, lights. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's usually by the back tire. Yeah. And like it spins. Yeah, I remember that. France, whatever, it's generated by African technology. Yeah, that was nice though. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you have one of those, man, you are in a better position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, is that being like, uh, you know, you can put some little music on it? Put some little wiring on your bicycle and all that. Yeah. They started saying you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Now, uh, taking you back to like homes and your family. When we were little, I know from my, my home, like you can't complain about food. Any kind of food they've cooked, like, oh, this is bad food. Or they would just take the plate away from you. Like, how was it like? For you when you're growing up could you complain about food like i don't like ugali today i want to eat chicken <laughs> <laughs> as an african parent maybe let me say some you cannot direct especially in the village you cannot direct a parent what you want to eat whatever they decide that's what you guys are gonna go with and if you say you don't want to eat okay they will show you the bed oh <laughs> they might even start questioning you like okay where did you eat yeah Tell us, did you save money to go eat food maybe in a, in a restaurant? Maybe if you say anything, that means like the whooping is on the way. <laughs> yeah, my my mom used a lot of those. Like, you don't want to eat? Where, where did you eat? What did you eat? And that's how they'll find out either you stole somebody's food or you stole <laughs> money or you and your friends like did something. But yeah, you can't complain about food. But that's something I noticed in America. Like kids in America, like, oh no, I don't want to eat burgers today. I want to eat. I want to eat something now. <laughs> no, I won't want to. I don't want to. I don't want mm-hmm. that. But like, when you were a child, what were you most afraid about? When I was a child, I thought the most thing I was afraid is, uh, you know, at night or maybe like darkness during when somebody has died in the village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anytime you you are in darkness, you feel like that dead person is maybe behind you or chasing you. You know, I used to be afraid of that so much. In Uganda, there's the people they call them night dancers. Mm-hmm. They they're usually naked at night and they'll they'll chase you with like sticks at night, or they would wear like uh, banana leaves on their bodies and they chase you. I've never seen one, but like kids at my school were telling all those stories that uh, the night dancers. And you're always afraid of those. And they usually say that they eat people. So Actually, it used to be. It used to be, but I think things are changing around. It used to be, you know, um, I don't know if it's a belief or what. It used to have those kind of people. Mm-hmm. They even used to come and, like, take somebody's kid from the house. Yeah. Spend the whole night with them out there. When the kid comes back, can't even talk. There's some, talk. there's some sketchy things that happen in Africa that I don't know. But the priest is the one to come and uh, pray for that person mm-hmm. for them to start speaking again 
Yeah. I, I never understood. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. But like also when we were little, like we were, most times when you, when you're someone kid, you're not afraid of anything. But the one thing you're afraid about, and we talked about this at the beginning, is like the adults finding out that you did something wrong. That was always like the biggest fear. Like you don't want them to know, even though he's not your parent or he's your parent, you just don't want them to know that you did something wrong because that would be like the death of you. They're going to beat you and they'll beat everything out of you. Yeah, I think the thing that I used to do is uh, I used to sneak and go play, like, especially like you are sent to the potion meal. You know, I don't know if Uganda, you still have, a, if Museveni has the potion meal. <laughs> no, we have, we have a potion meal. Yeah, so, you know, if you are sent there, you realize that, ah, man, I still have some little time before darkness catch. Mm. So you go, some boys playing somewhere, you join them, and that soccer is really good. So you forget about everything. So you realize that it's dark and Maybe they have been waiting you home. So when they go, somebody saw you playing. They'd be like, yeah, we saw him playing in this place. <laughs> and you go, they already know like you were playing. Yeah. So the next thing you go, you take the flower home, you get a whooping and no eating. So time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would happen to me when I'm going to the well. So we'll send you to the well. And like African parents, they have some weird things they do. Like they would spit <laughs> on the ground. So if you come back when this spit is dry... <laughs> I will chop your neck. <laughs> I chop your neck. So they'll pull the spit. Especially going to the well, going to the shop. Mm-hmm. So you go to the shop or the well and you take longer than you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And you come back home and that spit is dry. It's nowhere to be seen on the ground. Then you, 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 you start praying on your God. You are in trouble. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. if uh, the trees were getting darker. Like if you can't see the trees anymore. That's curfew. Like you can't enter somebody's house at a time. You find somewhere to sleep or sleep outside on the streets. I oh. think I think for some reason, I think there's there's one time I feel like I slept there. You know, I slept on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and actually everything is around just going out and playing. I don't know. Our parents are used to feel like they feel like we never deserved happiness. I don't know. Like you can't do something that makes you happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You have to do according to what they say. What they want, yeah. And I think I think I slept outside too. I, I mean, I slept for a little bit, but then I ran to my auntie's place because my aunt lived close by. So I went and knocked on her house and she let me in and I slept through there. But my mom was mad at me. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I did, but she was really mad. Oh, man. But yeah, childhood life was... It's just now that we think about it, like we think about these things and some how the generation has changed and what some people take things for granted you know like how and also it helps us to keep us humble uh how did you celebrate holidays back in at home and we even knew it that many holidays the main (laughs) holiday the main holiday was christmas christmas mm -hmm. how about new year's yeah new year was big but you know new year actually nobody ever used to sleep before midnight right were you You going to kesha yeah to the church for kesha yeah when i was in kenya one time for new years we had to go to the church mm-hmm. actually me uh i was born and raised in catholic so we don't we do we don't have kesha in catholic but oh, yeah. a nearby church is a sda mm-hmm. i don't know if you have sda in yeah we do so we used to go there once in a while mm-hmm. or we'll be home blasting music and dancing <laughs> And uh, when uh, 12 midnight comes, we get the um, 
the drums and everything. We'll be beating them around the neighborhood. I miss I miss the life though. I miss I miss the African life. It's, it brings people together, you know. But like now we're in America. You go to work, come back home. Go to work, come back home. You know, we're all like there's no life actually. There's no social life here. And um, yeah, there's no social life. There's some people we live around, but we never see each other that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we are living like near by each other. Right. Because of this life, maybe you are off today, the other person is working. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. What would you say? Um, I mean, we're coming towards the end of uh, this show, but like, what would you say that impacted your life from your childhood? Like, what's something you can pick out and say, this has impacted my life till today? For me, I feel like um, having that time alone, like the kind of parenting made me feel like I was responsible for my own life when I was like during my childhood. Like I knew especially what I should do and what I shouldn't. I was not like that tricky. Maybe it's because of the parenting, I guess. When I look back, I say it was very helpful. Learning to be independent. Oh yeah. Um to put in a summary like for me i think like everything we've gone through in africa before even getting this opportunity to come to the united states has put us in a position that there isn't a lot of things that can happen to us right now that we have not gone through although there's no like a tough life that can hit us even in the united states that we didn't go through in africa you know like you had to go through life of not having lunch, dinner, or yeah. not wearing shoes to school, um, being scared of your life that something's going to happen, you know, like, so now being here, like, it helps, it builds on, to, on you, like, you know, like some other things that people have not gone through. So that's why I'm saying, like, it has impacted me and changed my life. So I'm thankful for all my childhood life that I went through. Yeah, the childhood life was very important and the thing is like you know growing you are being told that um don't do this of course you are a little kid you're a little boy and uh you're in a stage whereby you don't see beyond what you can see with your eyes but those people who are telling you they have already seen it right so they want you to go the same uh to go through the same thing so when they tell you they have experience of what they're saying and you be, we used to be ignorant though. You'd be like, oh, so what are you telling me, man? I got this. Uh-huh. But now you come to realize that uh, the little thing, or maybe like the little information you used to take and uh, consider doing what you have been told is worthy. And um, right. if I was a, a child, I'd take more than what I did take in during that time. Uh-huh. So this message, as we conclude, goes back to everybody that's listening to this podcast. We've talked about many things. That some of them were funny. Some of them we, but like whoever is listening, it's just like, there's some things that we missed as kids that we don't understand. You think your parents are torturing you, but in real sense, they're just preparing you for a bright future or for a better future. So just listening and listen to your parents, whatever they tell you. Is there any last thing that you want to say, Robert? <clears throat> Raising a kid in Africa, he has a lot of importance, but also for those parents, because I know there's some who do too much, which tends to be like a torture to the kid because mental health contribute more than 
physical health of a child. So as a parent, for those who have been exposed and they have a little idea on how to parent better, they should spread the information because nowadays on this generation, we want kids with strong mentality, like growing, not thinking about torture or maybe psychological problems. All right, Robert, uh, thank you very much. And before we end this episode, I promise uh, some of my friends I have small businesses that I will be promoting a few of their businesses on my podcast. And today I'm going to promote two of those businesses. And one of them is called Line 7 Design. Line 7 Design, they do architecture designs and they build your dream home. They're located in Kampala, Uganda. And their telephone number is 704 300. That's 0704510300. The number is 0778221918. The number is 0778221918. The other business is called Hot Peak Media, and this is located in Durham, North Carolina by my cousin Laban and they do photography and videography. So if you have an event, a party that you want somebody to take your pictures, uh, you can hit them up. Hot Peak Media, they will do your videos, they'll do your photography and they're located in Durham, North Carolina. You can find them on Instagram at Hot Peak Media. That spells H-O-T-P-I-K. M-E-D-I-A. I'm going to have this information in my description. So make sure you hit them up and give them some support. We're here and we have the model on this podcast that says we rise by lifting each other. And that's why I'm bringing these small businesses that you give them support and that way we can all lift each other. So thank you very much, guys, for watching us and see you in another episode. Hey there, I am Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching my video and don't forget to hit subscribe and share with a friend. Tune in every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for a new episode about my podcast. And for more information about this podcast, follow me on my Instagram page, talk underscore show underscore 256.